Welcome to Out of Nowhere, where we talk with marketers, makers, and value creators about where they've been and where they're going next. Let's dive in. Everyone, this is Justin Watkins from Native Digital, joined today by Haley Smith, also from Native. Today we're talking ed tech with Jenny Davis from Skillable. They're a virtual labs platform that believes challenge-centric learning can really change how organizations upskill their customers, partners, and employees. I first learned about the company in 2004. And so that was from our, our now CEO, Corey Hines. He owned a company called Hindsight and they provided hands-on lab learning at events. And I was an event manager at Microsoft and we were looking at bringing hands-on labs to, to our conferences because we, we, um, the conference was all about accounting software. And so the best, the best way to learn in general is through hands-on experiences. And so like, this is like a not, knock it out of the park. We'll bring, we'll bring labs to events. So we ended up going with a different vendor. He, he came, I live in Fargo, North Dakota. He came to Fargo, not on a 20 degree day or a 20 below day, but you know, for a Floridian, <laughs> either of those can be bad, but he came and he was giving the pitch and we went with a different vendor and he said, you'll be calling me when this doesn't go well. So, whoa, that's, that's something. And then we ended up calling them when it didn't go well. And so they were our vendor from that second year and beyond. And at that time, the company was focused on hands-on learning and the cloud, like reliability for delivery of like large, large things in the internet wasn't really there, but they had started to scale in doing doing online learning as well. And I didn't know much about that part of the business. I was really focused on the in-person event experiences and the things that we were doing there and the, you know, the, the different types of learning experiences we were able to bring to people and the conversations we were having. And so I knew that they were thought leaders in that space. And I just had no concept of where it could go beyond that. And so we kept in touch throughout the years and I, I contracted for Microsoft and had a company where I was doing publishing and conferences. And every once in a while he would check in, like, are you ready to join us? I'm like, do and do what? How would I do that? I don't, I'm like the comms marketing person. There's just not a chance of that happening. And then they grew to a point where they needed a communications and marketing person. So it was the right fit. And at that time I'd been contracting for a while. And you know, when you're contracting, you pop in and you are part of the team. And then, you know, you when it's done, you wave goodbye and they ride off into the sunset and do their thing and you start from scratch on another project. And I was kind of tired of doing that and was missing a team. And this was right in February of 2020. So as COVID is starting to brew um, and I uh, somebody was looking out for me that uh, in-person events were not going to go well that spring. And so making a transition when I did to join the team in March of 2020 was a perfect time. It was a great time for us because as well with the company, it was a baptism by fire and learning what we did because there were some pretty monumental changes happening in our industry right around that time from people going from maybe a mix of online learning and in-person learning to 100% online learning and trying to get these customers up to speed and where they needed to be so that they could re continue to deliver these classes because that's there for a lot of them, that's their revenue. And so for them to have lost revenue of not being ready for that kind of pivot would be huge. And so to join an organization that could be right there with, with our customers and, and serving them and providing them with the capacity they needed and the capabilities to be able to continue to deliver this hands-on scaling was, 
pretty fantastic. It was also exhausting, but it was pretty fantastic. So. Yeah, it sounds like, I mean, you had sort of three things coming together at once. One, one is you're joining the organization and the whole world is changing and things are upside down in some cases. And then the other is you have the traditional way that you would be educated on this is now long, it's not possible. You can't, you can't go in person and get in-person instruction is great, but it's not possible now. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the other piece is now you got all this, um, new skills that are needed uh, because people are coming and going from jobs or just the demands of the job have completely changed. And so it's all three of those things basically at the exact same time. And what probably would have taken five or 10 years for all that to happen, just got crunched down. Yeah. And so you're sitting right there at the middle of all that, right? Right. And it was interesting, like then that, um, that spring and summer, some of the features that we'd had for years that customers didn't really have to take advantage of, all of a sudden were key, key differentiators for us that instructors could go in and have kind of over the shoulder monitoring. And so they could help out their students if they were stuck, they could take control and help kind of course correct or get them, get them in the right spot. They could communicate through the labs. So things that were kind of just, you know, they they weren't even really something we would market because it was just something that was part of the the platform for a while and people liked. It all of a sudden became something that this is this is going to help you be there without being there. Um, so it was great to have those kind of those kind of things from the maturity of the of the product and the platform being in a really good spot that people weren't you know it wasn't a cobbled together solution. It was something that could actually help them kind of just pick up and continue and accelerate rather than figure it out and, and have kind of the tough areas where, you know, it was, it was more of a bandaid. It was, it wasn't a bandaid. It was something that now customers, they move forward and and the growth that we've had in the last couple of years is exponential. So join, you know, joining this company at this time and, and us being, being a platform that was reliable and stable at that time is just kind of the, the, the catapult for, uh, for where we are today. I think it's super interesting knowing your background. Um, it's it's good to have somebody that has that mixed background that ha- can at least empathize with the situation, like the growth patterns can mm-hmm. communicate that well. I think where I see a real big struggle is when folks have, do not like lack that ability to see the other side and are trying to get people pulling them with the communication that they have, the messaging that they have, but it's off, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're lacking the ability to connect all the tissue straight through where you're looking at the pain points and the motivations to get out of there. I think your your background is super important. Well, and one thing that was was fun to do when I started is that I I had focused a lot on incentive retreats and kind of top, top, you know, performer programs in my contracting experience and when I was at Microsoft. And so that was one of the things that I talked with Ben, uh, my manager and our chief strategy officer about about things like that and ways that you can engage existing customers and kind of make them your cheerleaders without like beating it into them. (laughs) And so uh, it was it was really fun to start and create create these different programs and create different communications so that customers could be aware of of what we had coming down the pipeline. A lot of our business comes from existing customers. And so, you know, it's, it's less expensive to get a new or to, to you know, nurture an existing customer than it is to get a brand new one. And so to stimulate that growth 
a lot of it came from teaching our customers what was already on the platform that they didn't know about, and then also kind of nurturing those relationships along that we want to be really important and make sure those people know they're important. So we started some gifting programs, we call it the top 100, and they get a, a monthly box. And sometimes, it, most of the time, it's not branded for a company. Sometimes it's just, you know, this is a, this is a candle and a, a box of tea that I really enjoy. I live in a cold climate and these get me through the winter and so even if it's 76 and sunny where you are i hope you enjoy this little little bit of cozy this winter or it might be a book recommendation or a piece of art so doing those kind of things uh it's bringing our customers closer and, and it's it's working because we uh, actually hired one of our one of the the gentlemen that was on our top 100 list he joined us as a technical resource okay. and he had said you know i always i always like the company but then all of a sudden something shifted and you were talking to me more and you were sending me things and you were inviting me to things. And, and then I got here and I realized it's her. And <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun to see it kind of come to fruition in that way that I could be the her that, you know, <laughs> made That's people hilarious. think of the company more often. Well, the first time we got a chance to talk, you mentioned about, you mentioned some of this. And then I think we asked about, um, acquisition metrics and retention metrics and those types of things that I remember your retention expansion metrics were like off the charts, like yeah. the highest I've ever, I've heard of, maybe I've heard of higher, but I've never talked to somebody directly. And they said, yeah, this is, I mean, you get in and you stay in and people grow. I mean, and, it, and I have a feeling it's the product, but it's also what you're just talking about of making feel people feel appreciated and, and cared for and kind of build an affinity of the brand over time. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, the, the growth we're looking at like 35, 40% year over year growth for existing customers. And so with that, you need to, you need to have them feel like this is, this is a partnership. We're not just a vendor that's coming in and changing things up for the, for our benefit that everything, everything that we're doing, all the investments we're making in data centers and, and changes we're making to the platform are for, for the better. And just, it's going to make them more productive. It's going to make things more efficient for them. And, and now, you know, when you think about technology and being in the cloud, when you log into say it's LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever it is, when they change things, when a button's in a different spot, people used to be in an uproar. Like <laughs> change this, but now you just expect it. And just, if you can think of it from the standpoint of, every bit here is for, for a reason. It's, it's making me productive. It's less clicks to accomplish what I need to do. Uh, being in that kind of space where we can be agile and continue to uh, perfect our platform for them. It's really exciting to be in that, to be in that space and to, that it doesn't, it's not getting old for them. They're thinking of different things that they can do in different teams that can get involved in scaling their customers, partners, and team members. So being able to tell those stories and, and find those use cases and that success and talk about it is, is energizing and it's, it's fun. And, and you guys were a great partner for us. Uh, we just rebranded this past uh, November 1st. So our runway was June 6th to November 1st of relaunching a company with our, I called it Project 4R. So it was the rename, reposition, rebrand, relaunch. And we got all that done in that amount of time. And a lot of that was becoming really crisp in our messaging so that we had that singular focus and not, instead of like a master of, you know, master of none. 
a jack of all trades is great, but it's really <laughs> hard to tell a story about. You know, we, we really valued working with a partner that had such careful attention to not alienating their existing pool of partners, right? Their existing clients. Um, and I love the idea of, uh, you know, expansion based off of key benefits and making sure that that always stayed present in our messaging iterations. I mean, that's something your team poked and prodded at along the mm -hmm. way. Um, and it's so valuable to have collaboration, you know, with a, with a client team that keeps those imperatives high. Um, because one, it drives us to do stronger work, but two, then you, you, you know how meaningful your client pool is to you then, right? You know the advocacy that you expect from them, of course, obviously, but you, you understand that it's reciprocal, right? That you only advocate for, for clients to advocate for you. So that's really nice. What are the, have you heard um, differences in sort of the conversations with clients? Um, I'm sure, I'm sure in the past 18 months, you've heard all kinds of things, but maybe even just more recently, are you seeing that there's different needs coming from them or there's different reactions on the way that you're interacting with them, whether it's through marketing or the product delivery itself? I think the idea of a use case is getting to be more of a, uh, an understanding that there are different ways that they can use us. And we're, we're focusing before, you know, when you're growing a business, you're taking on customers in a variety of different ways. And so we, we resell a lot of vendor content. We have a services team who can kind of scale and do anything for an organization. Our platform can, can support anything from, you know, what, an organization that's training 10 people once a month to events that have thousands of people online at the same time. And so all of those customers and all of those interactions were great, but being able to silo and think about different use cases in those the kind of areas where we shine and where we can build something that's repeatable from customer to customer rather than, all right, this is, this is valuable and this makes a lot of money, but it takes the resources of five times the people that this use case does. That's been really interesting. And so when we think about, um, we're thinking in five pillars of skills development, skills validation, sales enablement, customer support, marketing, and events. So when you break it out, and as you guys know, that's like the gravy of being able to tell a specific story about what you do well in this space and talk about a customer that's had great experiences and what they did and what, what they were missing. Uh, so it just makes from a, a storytelling perspective, it makes it so much easier to focus rather than, and then there's this, and then there's this. And, and all of a sudden, like I said before, you're this jack of all trades, master of none. And you just, people, are, if people don't know who you, they're confused by you because like, well, you're talking about this and now you got this thing going on. Which is it? Which are you good at? You can't be good at all of them. It's uh, we've yet to run into an organization who grows at the pace you guys have grown, who doesn't have that problem because um, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of smart people and each one has kind of their own approach and their own story. And it kind of works over here, but I don't, I don't know if it's going to work over here. And it's just this big collection of a lot of good stuff, but it's better if you can kind of take all that down to still it down to something that's really potent. Yeah. And everybody kind of, I think everybody has a need for that at a certain point point you can't after a certain point you got to grow like regroup and be like all right let's let's really get this messaging tight right. because it's super loose and pulling in good directions but they're different directions right and that was the thing that was a struggle for us as we kicked off with the repositioning 
that we can do all these things. We should talk about them. But we had a uh, contractor that was helping us with that part that was really good with a rigor of like, no, you are one category. If you're multiple categories, you're no categories. So you need to be one thing. You do that well, you tell that story well, and then where it fits to bring in and, and tell additional stories, or you're doing that on a one-off uh, way, then, then your, your, your vision is one vision and you can build a brand based on that. And because it's it, and if we hadn't been pushed in that way right at the beginning, it would have been a disaster to try to figure out how we we're going to tell a story in that short amount of time. It sounds easy. Uh, it yeah. is not. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> hindsight, hindsight. I'm like, I look back at it sometimes, like, how, how mm -hmm. did we do that? But well, what you just said is the correct order too, because usually when we meet people for the first time and they need some help, it's usually, a, you know, messaging is one of the words, one of several words that we're hearing in this conversation needs some messaging help, which usually means that they either have just finished brand strategy or actually they need some brand strategy help, but you can't do that if you don't have the business strategy. And you yeah. just mentioned, this was the business strategy advice that we got that we started to follow, which allowed you to have a brand strategy, which mm -hmm. allowed you to have clean messaging. But if you hadn't figured out the business strategy piece or your, there was indecision over there, messaging mm -hmm. was never going to get very good. It was yeah. going to be argued over and debated and it could have a lot of good work behind it, but it wasn't going to be as tight as it needed to be. Right. right? And you won't have the buy-in because yeah. it, if it's not what the leadership team in general is thinking that this is the way the company should go, it's not a fit for them. And so you can do a lot of good work and then all of a sudden you have to start over or it's just scrapped because it's not, it's not the shared vision. So if you start at the top and you establish that shared vision and what that one thing is, then you can build on that and you can then you have a hope. A you got a chance. You have a hope. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What are some of the uh, kind of gnarly or kind of big challenges that are poking their head up right now as you guys have had some really great growth? You've got a lot of the a lot of your re, your four R's are rolling out, but what are you seeing as oh, this is going to be the next hill to climb or the next thing we're gonna to have to solve for? Is there something that you see you're like, oh, this is gonna be some work? I think the big thing is bringing the message to people who don't know who we are yet. And so we're looking at account-based marketing, which in a lot of organizations are doing that now. And so how you can make it seem like it's their idea that they, they stumbled upon you. And so taking that messaging and what resonates well with an existing customer, breaking that up into what are the bits that would also resonate with somebody who wants to do something like this, but doesn't know it exists yet. And so when you're selling like a computer, you have, you know, everybody kind of has that frame of reference, but we're in a business where if you haven't done it before, you might not know what the words are that articulate what it is you want to do. And you might not know that something like that exists for that. So kind of the, the puzzle or the, 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 um, the challenge for us is to figuring out what are those words that work and then continuing to use those so that people discover us as we're working really hard to have them discover us and then build that next wave of, of business. So we have that existing customer growth that continues on, but the, like that next class, we have a, a targeted account list of who we want that next class to be, but that space in between of, all right, we're going to execute this and that kind of 
there's that anticipation of of watching and waiting and is this is this the right is this the right play i think it's the right play Let, it's got to be the right play we got it this is where we're at so it this will be an exciting year of almost um almost like a science experiment in a way mm -hmm. to see what's what's working well and what our litmus test is and and what our controls are and and really thinking about it in a totally different way than just demand generation. Yeah, and it's really, it's it's easy to get behind that when you really believe in the product and you uh, for sure have, right? Like you've been on the other side too, where you've, you've used it, mm -hmm. um, seen the impact it's had. I mean, I'm guessing that in the past year or so, there's been moments where you felt good about, you know, logging in in the morning and and spending your day on this? Like what, what have been some of the highlights or is Absolutely. there a particular moment where you're like, I'm, I'm really happy that I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing? Well, one thing was, so back to that, you know, create, create the programs and see what happens. Uh, we did that top 100, but then I also, uh, we had a, a customer that had hit a million lab launches. So from their customer base, a million people into not maybe one person had multiple lab launches along their journey, but a, a million labs had been launched. So I started thinking, what if we had some sort of recognition program around the things that people are doing on our platform? And so I iterated on it with my with my manager Ben and our sales team to kind of come up with the right the right categories and what they should be. And then you pull in the data for what the thresholds should be and what the recognition is at each level. And then last March, we, we launched it. And so we launched this customer recognition program to both the lab devs. So there's the, they're the people that are creating the labs that then learners use in their curriculum and then instructors who are delivering that. And so uh, now a year, well, almost a year, 10 months after the program launched, we just hit the threshold of awarding 43,000 badges for those efforts through Credly. And so when people started, when it started last March, we issued the badges. I think I issued 15,000 that first go of just kind of getting caught up. And then they started like plinking through on social media. So all you saw was our, our brand. So it was the best brand recognition we could have ever done. And it really didn't cost us anything because we were putting our, our, the success was on our customers and what they were doing with the platform. And it just happened that we we're just congratulating them on that. And so people grasped onto it. And so we have now uh, some social media stories going out to people who have like published 500 labs, delivered 500 classes. Like, can you imagine teaching 500 classes? Like, no. That's insane. And so kind of shining a spotlight on them. And then the reciprocal of that is that they're talking about what our platform has helped them to do. And so I approach those interviews in a way that's not self-serving. It, you know, it's about them. Like, how do they, what makes up these 500 labs? How do you approach this? How do you even get 500 labs done? What are you doing next? What, what would be your advice to somebody who's brand new getting started with the platform and, and, they don't know what to do first. What would you say to do? And he's coming up with great, they're coming up with great content that we can then share with other customers. And so it's that advocacy, peer-to-peer -peer advocacy that means so much more than anything we could put in an ad or in a LinkedIn campaign or something like that. So that's been that's been super fun to watch that blossom and 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 for people to be excited about 
what they're doing. And it's and kind of to the point of uh, that gentleman who joined our team, he received an email from his former company and they had said, just tell whoever's doing that recognition program, it's working. Like we're excited about it and we're getting, you're sending us handwritten notes and gifts and like we th- we we think of you as a partner and not just something we have to use. And so it's like, yes. It's such a good idea. I mean, it's such a good idea, not only because it leans into the, all of the things to differentiate you between your competitors, mm-hmm. um, but also it, it like leans into that idea that, that, you know, we're really calling ours, which is accelerating the pace of learning, mm-hmm. right? It's giving nod to the fact that like, look what you can do. Look at yeah. the scale at which you can do it. Yeah. Um, which is huge. I think I love that idea. Yeah. That is Super smart. Yeah. yeah. Super exciting. Super smart on so many levels. Yeah.